everyone. Welcome to the Amplifying Scientific Innovation video podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Sophia Onoye Onye, founder and CEO of the Sophia Consulting Firm, a life science marketing and communications consultancy that was established in New York City with the goal of amplifying scientific innovation. The goal of this podcast is to showcase scientific innovations stemming from global life science companies through conversations with senior leaders who share their unique leadership journey, corporate vision, and industry outlook. My guest today is Ms. Mary Kabahal, founder and CEO of BIOS, a health technology company that is building blockchain solutions, converging human and technology to address real world challenges. Mary is a global transformational leader and entrepreneur with a passion for developing trusted customer partner and employee relationships while making a broad impact in business. Her extensive real-world experience include roles of increasing responsibility in strategy, consulting, large-scale program development, delivery, implementation, and management across a variety of industries. Moreover, Mary has built and led global teams driving delivery and operational excellence, agility, and customer centricity. Her technology experience includes blockchain, machine learning, and artificial intelligence, in addition to cloud computing, Internet of Things, large-scale product and software development to penetrate business processes, understand business challenges, and work collaboratively to design quality IT solutions that deliver value. Mary is an active community volunteer for nonprofit organizations and global philanthropists that is passionate about women's rights and advocates, especially for underserved children all around the world. Mary and I connected on LinkedIn through our mutual passion for scientific innovation and entrepreneurship as fellow women in the highly dynamic STEM field. Welcome to the show, Mary. Thank you for inviting me, Sophia. I've been following all the great work that you've been doing, <laughs> and, uh, creating this platform of, of knowledge, right? It's very refreshing. Yes. I've, yes. I've had learned some valuable uh, pearls of wisdom, so it's a pleasure <laughs> Yeah, the pleasure is mine. And I've always believed that knowledge is power. Uh, and so what I hope we can get from uh, session today is to empower people with the beautiful knowledge that you have. So we're gonna go ahead and get started with what I, I might think it's my favorite question and actually is. Um, and that is, what is your definition of scientific innovation? Yeah, great question, great question. You know, it, I really spent a little bit of time thinking through this because I, I'm a technologist at heart, right? So, mm -hmm. so my background is really from technology. And for me, you know, life science and, is, and, and innovation is really all about the continuum of change, right? Mm -hmm. with, a, with a human touch, yeah? Mm -hmm. so it's that continuum of change with a human touch and uh, whether it's something that we're creating that's new or whether we are evolving uh, the existing along the way, we must ask ourselves always, are we improving humanity and are we doing it for everyone? Because innovation for the sake of something new is just not valuable by itself. Absolutely. I think it comes down to impact. So thank you for highlighting that. So from our previous conversation, I understand that you grew up in Louisiana and you currently live in India. So how has your multicultural background and experience helped to shape your leadership mantra and your interest in health equity and access? Yeah, it's, uh, it's been, first, it's been an incredible journey. I am so incredibly blessed and, and live with such a 
uh, a heart filled with gratitude always. You know, I am a, um, I'm adopted. And so I'm this little European descent, right, from New York that, uh, uh, was uh, that is stereotypically considered to be a Caucasian child, right? And I was adopted by an African American family in the in Louisiana, in the Deep South, right? Wow. Again, that day considered to be a Black family, right? And so I'm gonna I'm gonna speak from how I grew up and how it really affected uh, and caused such a powerful and positive impact uh, for me. Um, so for me, you know, growing up. I always had to try to figure out kind of where do I belong, right? You know, uh, you're this child that fits in a that that's in a family, but yet you're very different from that family, right? And so you had your own challenges uh, in these kind of complex uh, family dynamics, if you will, right? And then growing up through that school life side of things, you didn't exactly fit in and represent the typical Caucasian child where you were growing up in in the Deep South, right? And so it, it came with its set of um, I think uh, the, the teasing, uh, the, the derogatory remarks and, and, um, and just the challenges of, of people kind of telling you you didn't really fit in, right? Uh, and uh, you didn't really belong. And, and so that, that really took me uh, and it gave me actually an opportunity to truly kind of go deep in myself. I lived very internally when I was younger growing up. You know, my mother was a very devout woman of God. And so it, I really took the opportunity to kind of turn to my faith and figure out, you know, there's gotta be a better way, right? There's just gotta be a better way. And, and really always looked forward to a positive future and, and what could I do to impact the lives of others in a very positive way, especially uh, the lives of children. Yeah, that was, uh, that was always very uh, important to me. And as it relates to my leadership mantra, you know, I'm one of those people that I strongly believe in treating others as you wish to be treated. And, um, and for me, it's, I, I was in such an, a state for such a long time of, of, of learning how to live comfortably in uncomfortable situations. I think that's a, a very key part of, uh, of leadership, right? And to be able to, to kind of hold your own and always look for uh, the most powerful, impactful way you can cause change, right? No matter, no matter what the circumstance. So that's kind of how I lived my life. Yeah. I think that that is powerful. And, and what I love about your story is just how you learned to be comfortable in uncomfortable situations and growing up and facing such adversity. I think that there's something empathetic about you that wants to make the world easier for other people, especially children. So thank you for um, sharing that story. It's, um, it's, it's a powerful one. Um, so my next question for you is, what would you consider to be your most impactful professional accomplishment to date? Yeah, I think my most uh, impactful professional um, accomplishment is, is BIOS, right? Um, my entire career, I've always worked for, pretty much worked for another country, uh, another company. I, I had a, a short, uh, a short uh, time I worked for, my, uh, for myself back in doing some consulting in my earlier days. But this is the first time I really decided to take a leap of faith, right? And kind of put everything on the line and, and kind of use up all that great courage uh, that I've been blessed to, to uh, acquire all these years uh, and all that great knowledge that I've acquired all these years uh, throughout living in the corporate world. I've been very blessed. I've, I've traveled over 50 countries in the, in the globe, worked through 50 countries and lived in seven. And I've had a, a great opportunity to kind of meet people where they are in life and, and learn a lot about people and culture and whatnot. 
And so for me, the greatest accomplishment uh, from a professional perspective is now building BIOS and building a platform where number one, I think it's going to save many lives. And so therefore it really touches that human part I talked about earlier. Uh, and that's, that's really our mission. And the impact we really wanna have is to, to restore hope. Yeah, one of the biggest things we want to do is use a lot of the revenue that we get from the company uh, we'll, we'll put into building what I call little Sisu cities, if you will, right? And these are uh, just communities of um, education and, uh, and medical advancement in very underserved parts of the world. Again, uh, thank you for sharing that remarkable story. Um, I'm quite pleased about what you're doing at BIOS and that makes me even more curious to find out what else we could learn from you about the great work at, at BIOS. So can you provide a top line overview of your pioneering work at BIOS uh, to build the world's first truly global health information solution platform? Absolutely, great. Uh, so such an exciting question. I always can fall <laughs> out of my skin when I start when I start talking about this. You know, um, so Sophia, I'll start from kind of the the opportunity that we have to solve, right, and and uh, and to create. So for me, I think that you know our medical records and our health information doesn't travel across the street, much less uh, uh, across the state or across the country, right. And as a globetrotter, uh, what I've recognized is that um, it's very difficult. Uh, to be able to get access and ownership of your own medical records, right? And, and, and so why did I start this? You know, I took care of my mother uh, for a very long time and my mother was um, a type one diabetic. And so uh, people said, you know, what in the world caused you to go in that direction from the technology space that you were in? And for me, it's all about uh, when, when I cared for her, I mean, her, the, num the numerous um, prescriptions she had, right? The doctor's appointments we had to go to, the surgery she had, everything uh, culminated into this massive amount of data that I almost couldn't take, couldn't even keep in, in my mind anymore, right? It was just too much. I had to actually put an Excel spreadsheet together. And so it, it came to that point of, I thought, well, how do I manage to bring something that could actually benefit people in multiple ways, and, and that is number one, you go to the doctor and you fill out quite a few different pieces of paper today, right? And so just like I did with my mother, how do we, how do we bypass that product, that, that step, and not have to actually go through all of that anymore and create a platform, number one, that could have all your critical health information in place and you could share that information with whom you deem is a trusted contact. Your professional, um, your medical professionals that, that you trust to take care of your health, hospitals, as well as your own personal trusted contacts. And so the first part of BIOS is, is, is what's called the BIOS Health Pass. And it actually gives that opportunity to kind of take that paper process and put it all online. It's HIPAA compliant, it's GDPR ready. And, um, and so you can kind of bypass that. Doctors and hospitals all over the globe can register at no cost and come in, and then you can share that information with whom you wish. And, and it also encompasses a COVID piece, right? So we did take a bit of a pivot because of COVID this year, this past year, and we added a QR code. And that QR code encompasses, you know, your test results, um, any, uh, an an actual self-reporting form as well to keep on top of and, and as well now vaccinations, right? So all of that's included and you have a QR code. You have a lot, of, you hear a lot of companies talking about this health, this passport for health now, right? We, well, we've built it since March 
and we've been refining it. Uh, and we even include the ability to connect any ticket you have to the health pass that you have, right? So whether you're going to the cinema, whether you're going to uh, theater, a sporting event, hopefully in the near future, or even an airline ticket. Yeah, that's the first part. Second part is the full stack. And that just includes everything I spoke of, as well as a few key components, which is a, an online appointment system and payment system. We allow you to connect IoT and, and wearables. Um, and we allow a telepresence, of course, for virtual care, um, along with a whole slew of other bells and whistles. So those are the key components. And we do this at a global scale because now you have access to that data and you can share that data wherever you're at in the world. Wow, I, I love that. I think that the possibilities that we can have in empowering patients all over the world with their data and educating them about why knowledge of their data is even more important, right? Um, and I'm just curious, you had mentioned GDPR earlier. What exactly is that and why is that important from a data privacy and security perspective? Sure. GDPR is the equivalent of HIPAA, right, in Europe. And so we have HIPAA in the States and GDPR is in, in, in Europe, although many countries across Asia-Pac as well is now starting to, um, to adopt. And, and the, the, the point with GDPR, which is, is basically it's, 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 it's a, the ability, it's a general uh, data privacy uh, policy, right? And so it allows you to be forgotten so to speak, right? So, and it doesn't just uh, adhere itself to medical, it adheres itself to any corporate, any corporate world, right? So um, how do you ensure that people's uh, very private specific data to them, personal data, um, number one is protected and number two can be gotten rid of, right? And, mm -hmm. and deleted and permanently deleted, right? And so uh, there's a lot of records that hang around in companies or in medical professionals, uh, in the medical professional world, probably for way too long. And, um, and so how do we make sure that people's data is, is number one protected and that we can actually delete that data uh, according to regulations of those particular countries and regions? Oh, that's wonderful. I like that you have this sort of global view about anything that you do, whether it's personal or professional. I, and in my head, I call you a global citizen. Um, and, and this is based on, of course, of pre previous discussions that we've had. So you shared how much you love living in India. Actually, I think you're in India right now. So can you share more about your love for India and how it ties into BIOS's mission? Oh, I love that. <laughs> you know, I've been working in India off and on for the last uh, little over 10 years now. And, um, and, and probably if you ask me, the most important thing is, is the food is amazing. Oh my God. <laughs> and the people are amazing, right? And so for me, uh, uh, a little humor there, but for me, obviously the heart of the people is incredible, right? And so um, very hardworking uh, people here in India, right? Uh, and, and you know, Sophia, you well know also, right? You, you come from that place, you come from a country that um, where, where you have to work very, very hard, very, very hard. There, there are some countries in the world where the emergency economies are there and you just have to, the, 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 um, the, the segmentation, if you will, of people, right? Uh, across the country, yeah. people work very hard and, the, and people are willing to help you no mm -hmm. matter what situation might occur, right? And so uh, I love that about India. It's, and, and India is such an incredibly diverse, uh, diverse country, right? There's many languages, there's many cultures, there's, of course, there's many faiths here. And, and so the diversity 
of the country is beautiful uh, because, you know, we think of corporate world uh, and we think of diversity, right? And we think of DNI. And I always say that there's an A missing from DNI, right? And so there's diversity inclusion, but but there's also the acceptance piece, right? Ah. And hmm. really accept people. And um, and I think India has had, while it's had its own struggles earlier in the day, uh, where they are today, it's just an incredible country. Uh, people accept you, you know. I walk around as a Westerner here, but but people, you know, they look at you, they smile, they talk to you, you need help, whatever. And, and it's just a beautiful uh, environment to learn patience and uh, and to just, uh, and to learn more about just people and culture in, in general. And, and I love that. I love the acceptance piece. I was born in Nigeria, as you know, and I think that while we appreciate the diversity of thought that we can bring, and of course the low operational costs that often come with doing business in developing countries, we still have to get to a point where the brilliance that these countries have to offer in terms of intellectual capital is also accepted. So thank you for making that point. I really appreciate it. Absolutely. And you know, can I add one more point to that? Of course. I want to bring BIOS right back into it, you know, because we're talking to some incredible people here in India, you know, we're trying to get it, of course, um, uh, in, in clinics and in uh, government hospitals, you know, uh, in India, of course, many people go to the hospital, whether they have a cold or whether they have a broken arm, you know, and so they're now starting to build these little triage centers and, and we're working to, uh, to see what we can do to, to manage to help them. And as well as a lot of those triage centers around across many countries in Africa, we're doing that as well. Mm -hmm. And and for me, you know, one of the most important things that come with learning more about your health mm -hmm. is actually being educated in, you know, okay, my blood type is O positive, but what does that right. really mean? Right, right, right. I've got these five prescriptions I have to take, but but what does that really mean? Okay, mm -hmm. so these mm -hmm. are the side effects. And, and, and they may interact adversely, even with maybe supplements I'm taking, whatever the case might be, right? And so we are working very diligently uh, in BIOS to make sure that we, we cover three main focus areas, which is health information, health communication, and health education, right? And, and so we want to be able to deliver a very personal experience to you based on your needs, your conditions, and, uh, and we're gonna do all of that through AI, of course. And, and yeah, I, I'm really excited about bringing that education level to people. That's, uh, that kind of sets us apart as well from a lot of the other folks that are out there doing this. Great, diversity, inclusion, acceptance, education, and empowering. I mean, gosh, like what else could we ask for? Uh, so thank you so much for that. I, I, I really appreciate your perspective. So as we close, I always wanna give the floor to my guests so they can share any final comments or, or thoughts. Um, the floor is yours. Oh, thank you. Yeah, I, I do actually. You know, kind of on a personal note, I, I really think that I'd love to just encourage individuals and organizations uh, interested in joining our early adoption program, right? Uh, you can visit our website at b1os.life. Uh, we're getting ready to go into kind of early adoption here. Send us a message through the Reach In pa uh, Reaches page and, um, and we look forward to, to chatting with you. Yeah, uh, whether you're a medical institution, an educational institution, doctors, part of the government uh, in your country, uh, we're excited about, uh, about sharing some time with you, yeah? Uh, to everyone out there, uh, I, I really just encourage you to, to stay strong and to stay, um, to stay focused on your health, right? Our life matters. And, you know, regardless of race, ginger, uh, gender, beliefs, 
whatever, wherever you are in life, uh, whatever you're going through, uh, you're not alone, right? And I think that's the most important thing to think of. This has been a very, a very difficult year, right? Um, and and for for those people who are who have really struggled uh, through these challenging times, I just encourage them to reach out to someone that they trust and to get the support that they need, right? Um, don't be afraid to ask for help. It's uh, lastly, you know, don't lose your own voice. Yeah. I think there's just been um, such incredible noise in the system, if you will, especially over this last year. So I really encourage people don't lose your voice and don't lose your own truth uh, amidst all of the, uh, the noise and, and challenges that we've, we've been through. Um, it's, uh, it, it's at times it's, it's very hard to breathe in this kind of social, racial, economic and political atmosphere that we've uh, experienced, uh, especially uh, in the United States this past year, right? And, uh, and so all I say is it's, it's just words of encouragement, um, you know, speak kindly to yourself, speak kindly to others and uh, think for yourself, be mindful and conscious of your words, uh, um, especially to ourselves, because I think, you know, when we meet other people, we never know where they're at in life. Uh, and so having that ability to live with uh, kindness and courage in the forefront of everything we do is very important. So. Thank you. Thank that. you for the brilliant advice. I think regardless of how much adversity that we face as global citizens, we have to keep hope alive. So I appreciate your wisdom and your counsel. And obviously, I'm absolutely looking forward to staying connected and hopefully we can bring you back on the show in the near future. Look forward to it. Thank you for your time. It's been a blessing to share some time with you. Same here. Have a good day. Okay. Thank you. Bye. Bye.